The work hours for a professional working in athletics can fluctuate. That's why the University of Cincinnati Online designed a Master of Sports Administration program that is both flexible and 100% online. Connect and build relationships with other students, alumni working in athletics, and their experienced staff. The best part? You can graduate in as little as one year. Unsure about going back to school? UC Online has a team of student success coordinators ready to guide you from start to graduation. Reach out and learn more about UC Online today. When I auditioned at FS1, the first opportunity they gave me was motocross. And I didn't know anything about motorcycles. And I just learned it. Like maybe you want to cover football. It's the dream. I love covering college football. But maybe you have to go cover bowling for a bit or do it on your own. Podcast, do interviews. There's just so many ways now, like just to get your reps. This is the Work in Sports Podcast. Here's VP of Content and Engage Learning at WorkinSports.com, Brian Clapp. In the early 1970s, Phyllis George was crowned Miss America. A native of Denton, Texas, George first competed for Miss Dallas and then later Miss Texas before winning the ultimate pageantry crown. The new Miss America for 1971, Phyllis George, Miss Two years after winning Miss America, CBS Sports came calling for her to join the cast of their top-rated NFL Today program with Brett Musburger and Irv Cross. Phyllis George was one of the first women to have a nationally prominent role in television sports coverage, a true trailblazer and a legend in the field. Scores and highlights of today's action. First week results for three or more than 200 NFL rookies. A game in the life of some fans. It's a season second Sunday coming right at you on the NFL Today. But that's looking at the story from the result, the end result, back towards the beginning. Let's look at it from the lens of that 1974 decision to hire her. She had no experience in sports. She had a limited television background. So you ask yourself, why was she hired? I think it's safe to assume a bunch of old men sitting around a conference table thought to themselves it would be good for their ratings to bring out a young, attractive woman on set. I say this all as no disrespect to Phyllis George, but with utter contempt for the decision makers at CBS Sports, whose primary goal was to trot out someone attractive to boost ratings. Here's what they didn't expect. Phyllis George was a boss. I mean, now I'm there because I should be. After winning two Emmys... In a, in a nice contract and, and a good ratings and a, a lot of nice people there. I think I'm going to be there for at least oh, another yeah. year. Oh, yeah. well, <laughs> at least one more year. Well, good luck to you, Phyllis George. Thank you. Thank you for opening the door and kicking it wide open for women covering sports. Yeah. We appreciate yeah. it. She worked at her craft. She built her credibility. And she ended up opening the door for thousands of women to follow suit. In a USA Today interview in 1999, George said, I felt they didn't know who Phyllis George was. They played me up as a former Miss America, a sex symbol. I can't help how I look, but below the surface, I was a hardworking woman. If I hadn't made that work, women eventually would have come into sportscasting, but it would have taken them longer. That's a really amazing perspective if you think about it. She's looking back at it and saying, I know why they hired me. And I took it upon myself to say, I need to win at this because I'm going to blaze the trail for others. She took that responsibility, and she turned their decision on its head. It's beautiful. But things haven't been all rosy for women in sports journalism since Phyllis George ended her run at the NFL Today in 1978. Countless other extremely talented women have faced sexism, 
assault, and other terrible circumstances provoked by the singular fact that they are women who know and talk sports. 20 years ago, I had an executive tell me I should have our female sports anchor, quote, dance on top of the anchor desk during a show. He didn't ask me to have the man do it. Sure asked me to have the woman do it. The path for female sports journalists has been difficult, but I'd like to think that progress continues. Phyllis George passed the baton to Leslie Visser, Robin Roberts, and Jackie McMullen, who passed to Laura Oakman, Aaron Andrews, and Alex Flanagan. And today there are a bevy of talented women gracing your screen with their intellect and abilities, not just their crown. And today, I'm lucky enough to be joined by one of my all-time favorites and a true pro, Jenny Taft from Fox Sports. Hi, Jenny. I am so excited to meet with you and have this conversation today. Thank you for joining me. Oh, thank you for having me. I I always laugh when I'm the one being interviewed because I'm so used to asking the questions. So I will do my best. I love this role reversal. This is the best, right? You're probably not used to this at all. So I'm going to try to ask you really hard questions. All right. I'm prepared. I think we got (laughs) You are. All right, we'll start with a really tough one then. No, I'm kidding. There won't be any tough questions. (laughs) So there are a lot of parts of your career journey that I want to jump into. There's a lot of really interesting steps that you've had. There's a lot of really cool moments. We could dive into a lot of these topics that can help a lot of other people on their journey. But first off, I just want to know, why did you decide this path? Why did you decide a career in sports? What led you to the idea of being in front of the camera and being a storyteller and all these cool things you're doing? How did you get from that initial dream to hear? Well, that is a great question with many little chapters along the way. The biggest thing, um, I grew up in Minnesota, so I grew up around sports my whole life. And you don't sound Minnesotan. I didn't hear the, I didn't hear the accent. Just a little bit. Are you sure? A little, a little bit. All right, we'll go with it. I laugh because my first college football game was at Minnesota. This was two Thursdays ago. Nebraska at Minnesota. And I was with my friends and family the week leading up. And my producer said, Jenny, you are so Minnesota right now. So just being around it. it all comes back. I'm from Boston. I'm from Boston and I've got no accent until I go home. And then it's like, I sound like I just came off. I was in Southie all weekend, but anyway, perfect. Well, when I start talking about college, you can bring out your Boston because I was at FU. So I grew up in Minnesota. Sports were everything to me, to my family. My dad was a hockey player. My mom grew up, she was a speed skater. Like we just skated. My brother played hockey professionally as well. So we were just, sports were so important to us. And I think what's so unique about Minnesota and where I went to school, it was just such a way of life. I mean, that was what we did with our time. And I always envisioned myself being in sports. And I knew I was not going to be a professional hockey player or professional lacrosse player, which is what I ended up playing in college. But I loved it and I wanted to be around it. So whether that was in front of the camera, behind the scenes, I just enjoyed the game. And I think that's what so many people say when they want to work in sports, right? It doesn't have to be necessarily in front of the camera. But I also enjoyed theater as a kid. And there was that performance-based aspect where I kind of figured out early on, I honestly, middle school, and I would start interviewing my friends kind of jokingly at practice. But I loved being the one to ask the questions. And there were women I... I watched and looked up to. But once I realized that I could work in sports, ask the questions, still get that same energy and rush on television that I would get from playing sports, it really was the best of both worlds. But I was prepared early on knowing that if I don't make it in front of the camera and if that doesn't work out, then I will be in sports in some way. And I always kind of had that mindset that I I would just be in this world in whatever way I could. Yep. It has to start that way. I think so many people that I talk to are like, 
it was it was just inside of me from like day one. I just knew that was something I wanted to pursue. You undersold your athletic uh, prowess. Uh, your your background is incredibly impressive. In 2005, you were the lacrosse player of the year in Minnesota, which led to you to Boston University, where you lettered all four years for the Terriers, my hometown being in Boston. How much does that help you as a sports reporter now, being able to speak the language, kind of connect on a certain level? Has that helped? I actually believe it has helped in a lot of ways. And I often get asked the question about women in sports, right? And is it hard? There are not as many women. And the first answer is it's growing and it continues to grow. And the second answer to that is I have never felt that way. And it's because I carry myself a certain way, but I also think the sports background helps a lot where I believe I'm not to sound like cocky, but I'm a good athlete too. Like I can hold my own with all of these players, with all of my coworkers, with with everyone I work with. And that has given me a confidence along the way. But just because I've always believed and understood that I deserve and I can, I have a seat at the table. Like I, I've played sports my whole life. I understand it. I also think having played a division one sport in college and granted, I wasn't the best lacrosse player on my team, but whoa, I went whoa, whoa. through it. Whoa, whoa, this Nobody knows that. You just keep, you just keep talking <laughs> like right. you are and everybody's going to believe not. it. No, yeah. I just laugh because I think that play that off. My my college lacrosse career was was not maybe the best numbers, but we were also really good at the time. So BU was pretty competitive uh, back in the day. We made it. We did pretty well. But the point is, I I lived it right, and it's the day to day. It's the hourly grind. It's the it's a job. It's a full time job being a college athlete. And I look at th- these players, and I actually just interviewed. Uh, Drew Aller from Penn State. I just chatted with him because we have Penn State this weekend and he's a young QB and he was just so well-spoken. And he has these interviews. I just was thinking back when I was sophomore, I was not able to do these interviews well. Like I'm so impressed by the way these athletes carry themselves and I wasn't being asked at all what they're being asked. So I think having that experience has really helped me more so just understand where they're coming from. And, you know, I'm so grateful that I played lacrosse in college and I'm grateful that BU had a great journalism school and it worked out to do both. You know, when I was prepping for this conversation, my, my thoughts initially went to, wow, there's so many great stories to talk about with women in sports and, and your experience in breaking in and advice for young women, especially. And we're going to do all that. We're going to get into a lot of that topic because that's super incredibly important. And I love the fact that that side of our industry is growing and expanding. But let's pivot for a second. The student athlete side, I think, is really interesting, too. As a student athlete, I've always felt, we've had people reach out to us and say, hey, student athlete, I don't get to do as many internships. Mm. My, my time is, is booked. What, what was your experience like? And how did you continue to gain the experience for the, your post-playing days career? Because as you well know, as a student athlete, you're training, you're traveling, you're having to, you know, uh, there's so much that goes into doing interviews, all those different parts of it. How did you manage your time and and make sure you were able to get the experience and the things on your resume so that you could have a job after Mm -hmm. your your playing career was done? It's a really great question. And I'm also really thankful that my lacrosse coach, Liz, let me leave practice. I think it was 15 minutes early on Wednesday so I could go tape BUTV. And I remember having the conversation with her and she was not on board right away. And I said, you know, I had to kind of break it down for him. Like Liz, at the end of the day, like I'm going to be not playing lacrosse in a year from now. I have to host BU TV news. And that was the one time it shot. Um, and obviously I ended up convincing her and it, it ended up working out, which I think she would agree. 
But yeah. you know, those yeah. were moments where that's not going to work for everyone. I was lucky that it ended up working in my schedule, but I really was very adamant about summer internships, which I would recommend to everyone because often if you're, you know, if you're an athlete at school, you're still going to be training. But I was able yeah. to have internships in the summer and I interned at Fox 9 News in Minneapolis and Fox Sports North as well. So I had two separate internships while I was playing in the newsroom, getting that experience, making those connections and relationships, which ultimately we'll get there, but were very important yeah. oh, that yeah. I've made those connections. And I also recommend to a lot of student athletes that I talk to right now, maybe who shadow me on the field, get involved with the athletic department because yes. sometimes they don't even realize that they're missing something. You could start yep. putting up footage. I mean, nowadays with iPhones, with the quality, you don't need some big camera setup. I was slugging around this yeah. crazy oh camera gosh. and lighting, uh -huh. going to set up a shot at Fenway. Like you can do it on your phone. It can be on social. So putting yourself out there and maybe suggesting, let's say you're going to school at BU and they don't have a reporter for the lacrosse team. Why don't you do the inside scoop? Yeah. Why don't you do a get to know an athlete every week? Who cares if you're on the team? I mean, it's just really yeah. the reps. So I always say get involved with your athletic department because there's always ways one, they want to help too. And I, I think it's just untapped potential where you already have the access into that space. Yeah. And no matter what you want to do, marketing, sales, yes. operations, college athletic programs are big 100%. business. It's all there for you. Mm -hmm. And you have access as a student athlete that normal undergraduates don't have. So 100%. Leverage that 100%. I love that. That's great advice. So top athlete, we covered that. Degree in sports journalism from, from BU, great program. Let's talk about that first gig. You mentioned that you interned at Fox Sports North. You were hired in 2011 as one of the FSN girls. Some people weren't a big fan of this concept. It was considered sexist by some. Others have talked about it as an opportunity to break in and, mm -hmm. a, and an opportunity to knock your foot into the, into the door. Looking back, you know, we're looking back 13, 14 years. What do you see as both the positives and negatives of that program and how it worked out for you? The program in so many ways was amazing for me. And I, I will spin it back to the people at Fox Sports North and how I knew that they were going to put this program together. Initially, when I had heard about the opportunity, it was Fox Sports Ambassador uh, was the uh, the original name that they had chatted chatted about. And I still had to interview and audition. And I, I interviewed um, I, I have a tape of my audition, which is oh. I, one day we'll post it. It's Could just, you borrow, can we borrow that maybe? <laughs> I will try to get it your way because it's just <laughs> funny that I'm like, one, I'm just so young and my voice is different and you know, Hey, I'm Jenny. Yep. Uh, you know, I love Minnesota sports, but the reason <laughs> it worked for, and the concept was really interesting to me. They wanted to have fans, uh, going to games, interacting, and just supporting the team. So it felt like a win-win. I love Minnesota. I love the sports and I want to be on camera. They were actually hesitant to hire me at first. A few people, I won't name names, but there were a couple of Fox Sports execs back in the day who didn't want reporters. They didn't, they wanted like a, just a, an average fan who just loves the game. But Fox yeah. Sports North, um, a few individuals that I had worked with when I interned there really fought for me and knew who I was as a person and knew that I would be the right person for the role. So once I kind of got the job, they realized, oh my gosh, Jenny's really comfortable interviewing fans or Jenny can do in arena hosting. It just became this amazing place for me to learn and grow and get reps. And as we know, like hosting in arena stuff is another thing I, I like to recommend to broadcast journalists who are starting out because you're live and you have to be on it. And if you screw up, you have to continue. 
So you power through, yeah. You power through. And I I did demos after gopher hockey games and it was back when Twitter was new. So they would throw me on to do like the tweet of the game, which sounds so ancient. But it was just <laughs> like it was these little moments where I was getting a lot of exposure, but I was also starting to be respected as a knowledgeable sports person in Minnesota. And it's all about how you present yourself. And I was yeah. the sports girl. I would I played in hockey games with Minnesota Wild alums. Like goes back to the sports part. I'm an athlete. I know what I'm talking about. And I'm just a girl who loves sports. So I am so grateful. I actually was, like I mentioned, I was in Minnesota for the Gopher football game. I went back to Fox Sports North, which is now Valley Sports North. And I saw my old yeah. boss, Nikki White, who just, she truly put me in so many positions to succeed. And I was so much more than just an FSN girl. I mean, I really was Jenny Taft, who knows sports, who's also an yep. FSN girl who grew up playing hockey. And I'm truly like to this day, like with that, without that opportunity, I don't know if I would have had the same amount of reps. I'd like to think that I would have found a way to get in the door some other way. And I think it doesn't matter how you start, you just got to get in the door. And that was my way in. And yeah. it was just a great, a great opportunity. Well, it sounds like you took the extra step, though, of owning your brand, too, and not just being associated with, I'm a girl at the game kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like You actually were reporting, and you were telling the right stories and getting involved. And so taking control over your own brand and message for anyone out there is a, super, it was a really important part of this. Like, that's who you are. You got to own that. A hundred percent. I never, you know, I was always carrying myself in a certain way. Um, I think Females in sports have that negative connotation, like, oh, well, they're not really into sports. Like, what? What do you, why can't yeah. you, know, you, it's just all these misconceptions about yep. anything. And I'm really actually proud of the way we were treated and respected in Minnesota. Like the Fox Sports North girls were around a lot of events. I still get people messaging me on social, like, hey, we're so proud of you. Like, look where you started yeah. and look where you are now. So it was an amazing thing for me. And I thank those people all the time for the opportunity. And it really did. It got my face out there in a local market. Yeah. There was a big market in Minnesota. Okay. So we're years past that program. It was <laughs> sunset. I don't remember 2015, something like that. 2017, maybe. But we, I think we could both agree like that same exact model probably wouldn't be run today. But let's just say if there was, if there was a similar program at some sports network today and young, some young aspiring female reporter came to you and said, Hey, what do you think? Should I, should I do this? Or what should I do if I take it? Like, what kind of advice would you guide them? How would you help steer them to the, to the decision that would set them up for the most success? I think it's always about taking an opportunity. And even if it's not the perfect opportunity, sometimes I say, like I've mentioned, get in the door. And I would convince Ralph, who I feel bad I didn't see in Minnesota. I need to shoot him a note. He was one of our cameramen, wonderful guy. He's been working there for, gosh, over 20 years. And he would help me shoot stand-ups just for practice. Yeah when he would be yeah. working with the Fox Sports girls. And I'd say, hey, Ralph, can you help me just pretend to do a couple stand-ups? And so I just look at the way you you have to make the most of any opportunity. Yeah. And that was what I would still suggest to someone. So during that time period, too, you're also the social media coordinator for, or contributor for the T-Wolves, Twins, Wild. You were doing the stadium hosting for the Twins and Wild games. Like you were all over the place. You were really leaning into the hard work side of it. And I'll tell you, I've known a lot of young reporters in my time as both a producer and a news, news director who liked the idea of having their picture up on a billboard more than they liked the idea of putting in the work. So I don't know. I feel like 
success in this industry is directly proportional to how much work you're willing to put in. Uh, is that, is that been the model that you've always worked under as well? That if I can, I can put in the work and that's going to help me stand out more so than the other kind of ancillary benefits. I will. I, I agree. I think there's always some people who come up to you and say, Oh, I, I want to be, you know, the next so-and-so I want to be the next Jenny Taft. I'm like, are you yeah. prepared to miss every weekend of your life for the next ding, ding, ding. foreseeable yep. <laughs> future? And I laugh because some people are like, absolutely, sports are my dream. And then some people are like, oh gosh, every I'm like, yeah, I've missed weddings. Yeah. I've missed family yeah. weddings. But it doesn't even to me, I have the dream job. So I, I'm also fortunate. I have a very supportive husband. And, you know, we now have a young daughter, so our life looks a little different with traveling and making it work, but it's the best job in the world. So yeah, you're gonna miss the traditional events. I mean, I've worked on Christmas, I've worked on yeah. Thanksgiving, I work on Thanksgiving. Like that's the norm. So I think putting mm-hmm. in the work is expected, but I also never said no. Like I ne- yeah. I I still have a hard time saying no. If Fox Sports calls me tomorrow and tells me to just get on a plane and do yeah. a feature, I'm I'm gonna go. Like it's hard working, but it's also just a good team player. I just yeah. come back from Qatar just this last year after the men's world cup. And one of our bosses at Fox was like, you know, you don't have to do the holiday ball. It's no, it's no big deal. And I remember thinking I'm pretty tired. It was a couple days. It was truly like less than a week after you're jet lagged. I hadn't seen my family. And my husband actually said to me, he was like, you know, that you're going to be home watching the holiday bowl and you're going to go, I should be working I should that. Be there. Yeah. And that's true because it's yeah. just not who I am. And yeah. I, it's, I just love my job. Gotta love it. So I don't want to lose Like, what if yeah. I'm only as good as my last time on air? What if someone comes in and is amazing? So I, I was at the holiday bowl. I had a great time and I flew home the next day to see the fam. So we're, you know, you make it work, but it is about hard work. But I guess if you didn't like it, you wouldn't want to put the work in. That's for, for sure. And the supportive family matters yeah. too. Like that's an important part of this all as well. You've been in the industry long enough to see a lot of people coming up, a lot of young reporters trying to build their brand, trying to develop themselves, et cetera. What do you think nowadays in, in this year that we're in now is the, is the most effective and best way to start breaking into the industry? Because we have a lot of people that want to be reporters. And there used to be this model where, you know, you'd have to go start out in Pocatello, Idaho, and then work <laughs> your way up to Champaign, Illinois, and then you'd be in Bozeman, Montana, and it's just jumping all over the place. And I think that model kind of stinks, frankly. But- what do you think is the best model for people to break in nowadays and to build their brand and to get noticed and to, to elevate? I think there are a lot of different ways you can break in now, as you point out. There is still the traditional go to a small town, work your way up, and get your reps. I will point out that I think it's very important to get your reps somewhere, right? It doesn't yep. necessarily have to be small town, Rochester, Minnesota, to then move to a bigger market. I mean, you can do that traditional way. And I think that that can be very effective for a lot of people. I just was with a girl over the weekend in Colorado who started, I think she's in Colorado Springs, but she was a student at Oklahoma that I kind of loosely mentored and watched her reel a couple of times. And I remember chatting with her about the options of going bigger or going smaller market. And she wants to be on air. I mean, that's the goal. So I think you kind of go back and forth where you have to get your reps somewhere. So if you end up at Fox and you're in the highlight room, which is a great way to start too, to see it from the other side of things, you still have to find a way to get in front of the camera. Yeah. And where I got really lucky, I was an FSN girl, but that job, you know, the, the lead reporter for the Minnesota wild Kevin Gorg, who's a great guy. I was just talking to him the other day. Like he's still there. Like that job was not going to be available for me. Not a lot of turnover. It would have been fun. And I had an opportunity to go to the Bruins 
um, early in my career. But I, for whatever reason, my husband, who is now a retired hockey player, and we met in college when I was 18, but he was playing hockey still. And it didn't feel appropriate to me to be in hockey in that close way at that time. It just, I wanted to do my own thing and be my own sports person. But we, when I auditioned at FS1, the first opportunity they gave me was motocross. And I, I didn't know a thing about moto. I knew Ricky Carmichael was the goat and that's all I knew. I did that (laughs) because my brother had a poster of him and Ricky loves to tell the story because he likes to claim a lot of responsibility for my success since I did know that about him, but I got (laughs) my reps and I didn't know anything about motorcycles and I just learned it. And I think there's something refreshing about that. Like maybe you want to cover football it's the dream. I love covering college football, but maybe you have to go cover bowling for a bit and just get your reps, go cover moto, cover arena cross. There are so many sports that have reporters or just smaller little niche positions where you can get those reps and you just have to get them. So whether that be at a network doing something that's a little more niche and learning it or do it on your own podcast, do interviews, put together. Yep. I mean, there's just so many ways now, like just to get your reps. And that's what I think is exciting about this industry. It's so true. I love that. It's great advice. I had a friend who was a associate producer at Fox Sports Northwest when I worked there. And he went on to get a job on camera and his first gig was in, in Pocatello, Idaho. And his first day on the job, he called me and he was like, I have to cover the rodeo tonight. I have no idea right? what's going on. Like the uh, rodeo. I remember telling him, like, get your reps. That's it. Like, get, read up and get your reps. I'm so. pretty sure Gus Johnson, who is lovely, obviously my colleague oh, yeah. on college football, I'm pretty sure he had some rodeo in his past. Like, there's some old footage. Gus could do anything. Of Gus covering the rodeo. And it's like amazing television. And yeah. you could see it in the moment. You're like, he's going to be really good one day. Like, but. Yeah. I got to find that footage. It's pretty amazing. So, I mean, if Gus does the Gus could, Gus could make anything exciting. He, yeah. he totally could. Yeah. Watch this, folks. Watch your ability to roll. When she hits the ground, nice roll. That's what they teach you in jujitsu, Joe. You got to roll. Jeez. Use your shoulders. Hopefully nobody was hurt, including the horses. <laughs> yeah. With, with As you mentioned, the repetition and getting your reps in, with, with any kind of on-camera work, practice is key. Repetition is key. But you can't easily replicate the pressure of that live moment mm-hmm. or the big stadium or the big, big crowd and all of that. What was that first moment that you have that you remember that big event pressure? And, and, and what do you remember most about, about that moment? Because everybody remembers that, that kind of that first moment where it got a little, little scary. I do remember it. And it was very, it's very ingrained in my brain. It was super cross and it was my first race. So this would have been probably 2014, I think was my first year um, covering Supercross. And I did it for five years, which is cool because it ended up opening so many doors at FSN, which I'll get into. But I remember right before my first report, it was probably a 30, 45 second report on, on one of the, on one of the guys. And I remember texting my parents, I either make it in this industry or I don't, because I was so nervous. And I knew that no one really knew who I was and who's this random girl who doesn't know about our sport. But I slowly won them over with how much I learned. And I, I think my relationships with the riders helped. They started to trust me. But I remember that first live report, like I either make it in this industry or I don't. And, you know, I still get nervous in a good way, not like nervous. Oh, I won't be able to deliver the report, but I was just in Boulder last weekend and it was insane. And the, the, the hype around prime and the program. Yeah. It's a sold out crowd. 
I have two women who are shadowing me who are students and I'm like kind of hyped up. Like I get that still, but that's okay. I think if you don't get that, you might not care and you wouldn't see it. My, my report was good. You know, you, the delivery was there. Well, Gus, we found a little hangout here in the tunnel. We had to get Coach Prime out of there. You know what I'm excited to say? You're 2-0, Coach. You expected this. Some may have doubted you, but how proud are you about this potential? I'm so, I'm so proud of our team. So I also try to tell people, like, I don't like to memorize reports. I really remember them in bullet points. So it'll come out differently same. every time. Yep. Yep. Never going to be the same. Yeah. And you're just kind of feeding into the moment, and I still get excited about those live reports like it's just so special so uh super cross that was i was scared i'd probably still be scared if i went and did a race well i, I bet i i would be petrified <laughs> but i always gonna say too word on the street is that the uh the ratings for your colorado morasca game were pretty pretty good too i think so i saw a tweet just earlier and i i think it did really well which it's so it's so fun that colorado like i love coach prime i've been kind of intrigued by him always. I mean, just as a player, as a person, as a dad, but just seeing how much he loves his, the players and how one, he kept saying, we're good. We're good. And we were like all questioning, are you really that good? And I just love to see it on display. And I'm happy for the Colorado fan base just to be something to have something to be excited about. And it's, it's just cool to like, I'm always going to say, I got to do coach prime's first two game interviews. Like that's pretty wild. So that's fun. Yeah, over the summer, I interviewed uh, Ricky Zummalan, who's in the athletic department at the University yeah. of Colorado, about exactly this. And he was predicting the hype, you know, and hey, talking about what's happening on campus. The Coach Prime effect is real. And he continues to say, uh, the best line was when I said, you know, what should we expect from you? What can you tell us about what we should expect from Colorado for the rest of the season? Plenty more of this, I hope. I don't think I stumbled or stuttered when I told you we were coming. <laughs> <laughs> Not <laughs> at all. We're coming. Thank you, Coach. God bless you. Thank you. No, you didn't. You never once. No, and thank you for reiterating. But it was just <laughs> that was how great. he said it with a smile. I'm like, all right, you're right. I won't ask again. They're coming. Oh, that's so. awesome. Okay, so how important has it been for you over this time as you've built up to the Jenny Taft we know today and see on camera and, and see on these to these massive audiences? How as important has it been to you to find your style and your voice and your point of view. Cause I talk to a lot of young people who say, I want to be the next Jenny Taft or I want to be the next Aaron Andrews. Or, I don't be the next, et cetera, but you got to be you. So how important has it been to, for you to find your voice and how did you do it? I always like to think of it as I'm always going to be me on TV to the point where I, I actually had an interview years ago with someone at Fox who was one of the execs no longer there. And I remember his advice to me was I was too smiley and I looked like I was, it was just not serious enough. And I, I will agree that sometimes when I was starting out, I would smile really big before a report, almost like a nervous crutch, like, yeah, "Yeah, oh, here we go. I'm at Colorado. I'm so excited. And it was just, it was too, it was too smiley and it was kind of like a nervous crutch. So I definitely don't do that anymore. But I I think back on the conversation a lot because I remember saying, but I'm having a good, I'm. I have the best seat in the house. Like it is fun. I'm yeah. interviewing Coach Prime right now. Am I supposed to not be myself or ser- or happy for him? So I, I do think there's a level of yes, you're a reporter, but I also I'm proud of the way I carry myself, and hopefully I'm a pro- approachable, which makes Coach Prime like me, which makes the players respect me and give me a good answer because I want to. I want them to know that I am happy for them. Like I'm genuinely happy for their success, and I. I don't think that's a, a bad thing. 
And I think the smiling was actually good advice because it was probably a little too much at the time. But I remember thinking like, I'm always going to be me in the moment. And I think Erin Anders is incredibly talented, but she and I are not the same. Like we have a different style. I, I just spent a lot of time with Tom Rinaldi uh, at the World Cup and I love Tom. Tom and I are not the same. Like Tom is the best of the best in what he does. And I bring something different to the table. So this misconception maybe that all these reporters are so competitive with each other, I don't actually agree with it all. And at least I'm not because I'm, I'm never going to be Rachel Benetta. She and I were just talking. I think she's yeah. so talented. She's you know a comedian. She loves sports. But we're not going for the same jobs because we're not the same. And that's okay. Like I have a personality that I think on social media, I, I'm, I love my job. I love sports, fitness. I love being a mom. I love my family. Like all those things are who I am. And I want that to show through in how I carry myself on TV. And I do think finding that voice I love style. I think it's fun to show off like just style and how I have fun with it. And, you know, all those little nuances are are truly who I am. And I think it's the people who are trying to be someone they're not where it doesn't feel genuine, at least in my opinion. Yeah. One of my good friends in the industry, Laura Oakman, who's also a yeah. reporter from Fox Sports, like she always used to say to me, I used to be one of her producers and we became really good friends. And she used to say to me, it's not an interview. It's a conversation. Don't think of it like an interview. That's too static. Make it into a conversation. That's what people want to listen to. And I think you do that really well and really naturally. Is that something you have to work at? Or is that just kind of your your style and how it's kind of been approached? That's really one. I love that she said that. And I think she's one of the best. I mean, she started Laura's one this, of my favorites. She, and she what she does for aspiring female athletes. Yes. And we talk a lot about just, we have a lot of connection in that way because she's yeah. just someone who I'm so, I'm just really proud of what she's doing for women She's wonderful, and yeah. trying to get that next generation involved. And I think it's a, I would say it's part of my style that I don't, I think it came with repetition, but you know, I'll think of questions ahead of time, let's say before I interview coach prime and then you get up to him and you're thinking of, okay, you know, you just beat TCU, a team that just was at the national championship and you have this whole idea and then you get up and he's crying. And you're yeah. kind of overtaken by the moment and it just becomes, how proud are you of your team? Yeah. Because all that planning kind of goes out the window. Like, yep. And I do think there's a level of being in the moment and it's not always perfect. I mean, there's things I would change from that interview that were not perfect, but like it was, it is conversational. And I do think that that's always my goal to, yeah, stats are important and I can start listing off the numbers from Shadur, but at the end of the day, the emotion people, people and, are drawn to the emotion. Yeah. I, I just sometimes I use numbers, but when like I always think of a player too. If if I'm the athlete and I'm being interviewed and I'm saying, oh, so many, so many yards and four touchdowns and two in the air and one on the ground, you're kind of are they might lose you in that moment. So yep. I like to get some of it, but I also do want it to be conversational and I want them to be comfortable. Like what am I gonna say that's gonna give them the best way to answer? And I, I try to think about that in my style, but like, look, they're not perfect. And, but are they ever right? Like you could always do something a little differently. I think the perfect question is lost when, if you miss the emotion, like if you're, if if you, the, the unscripted, those moments that just kind of happen, those things you feed off of, that's what we're all drawn to. That's why people love reality TV. That's why people (laughs) watch sports and, and really are into that, those moments. I think if you can capture that, that's, that's the brilliance of it all. 
you shifted away for four years from the reporter beat and you went more to in-studio host as mm-hmm. uh, the undisputed years, we could call them. When you first were approached with that kind of an opportunity, what were your initial thoughts? Was this something you wanted to test yourself out in or were you like, really? Well, first of all, sorry, my dog's barking. If that's all real right. loud, I can... Dogs bark, it's all right, whatever. He's crazy. I have a dog. <laughs> I have a baby upstairs. I think that means my husband's home. It's just a party here. I'm hiding in the basement. <laughs> it never ends. I was like, the basement, it'll be quiet. And, yeah. So Undisputed came about when I was in LA. Well, I was not doing Supercross. I was doing college football. I was doing... Um, just a lot of filling in for different studio stuff. So I would sometimes sit in with Colin, you know, they hired me at Fox as kind of a reporter, but a roaming, like the role could evolve. So I started filling in on undisputed, I guess when joy was doing a little more with Colin. So I saw a natural, I felt really natural in the role. And I also had wanted to host more. I hosted, I've hosted the Westminster dog show for the last, I think, six or seven years, which is kind of crazy. So I liked the idea of a challenging new change in hosting. And while Undisputed is definitely that moderator role, you're still finding times where you're kind of breaking it up. You're going to commercial, you're reading the prompter. And I wanted to be a better host. Um, I look at Krista Thompson at Fox and I think she's just one of the best. Like Kevin Burkhart, incredible host. And they do both, right? So I wanted to have that experience. And I was really drawn to the idea of a five day a week show. And I learned a lot from working with Skip and Shannon. No one works harder to a fault. I mean, like Skip, as we all know, wakes up at two in the morning and it's crazy. Like he worked out before the show, like that's not normal. And he watched (laughs) all the games till the end Laker games that start at seven 30. And then he still wakes up. I mean, it's pretty wild, the work ethic and Shannon, he and I are still super close. I just saw him in Colorado. He is the most, I mean, one, he's an insane athlete just discipline, work ethic, knowledge. Like he's just really a brilliant person that I've loved getting to know and being around and has become a great friend. So I loved the reps of the show, but I also found it hard at times where like the World Cup opportunity would not have been a possibility with, it was still doing Undisputed. Like there were opportunities that I didn't want to miss out on as a side reporter. And, you know, it was just time to move on. And I do think that the role shifted and it was more moderator than host. And I would like Mm -hmm. to still be able to have a voice and share an opinion on, on discussion. So I'm glad I did it. And it was the right time to move on. It all makes very, a lot of sense. I could see that being an intense environment, but I think uh, anybody who watched the show over the years saw how, how deftly you handled all of it and, and what a, what a challenge and what a great way to grow. I would imagine some other big changes have happened in your life. You, you mentioned it earlier. We've discussed how hard you've worked in your career. You're also a mom. You also are traveling around internationally. You're going to events all over the place. How do you manage and balance it all and maintain your mental health and stay in a good place? Because that's a tricky part for a lot of people. I am so grateful that I've been able to you know, start a family and still travel and Fox has been really supportive of that. I I think when I initially got pregnant and, you know, my husband and I had been kind of like, oh, when's the right time? When's the right time? And there's never a right time. You know, we, we thought about it. He was a hockey player and he had retired and it was really going to shift towards, he was going to be able to be home more with Gigi and he's now coaching hockey. So now we're both busy, which is fine. We're making it work. It's, it's great. I do think having the support is very important because he and I, have always supported each other in different ebbs and flows of a career. And, you know, 
raising a kid is not just a two person job. It's like a whole, we've got a lovely nanny. We have grandma and grandpa. We have uncle Charlie, like everyone's involved in having Gigi. And I'm just so grateful that I have the support, but I, there was never going to be a good time. And Fox was super supportive of giving me the time that I need. And I always have thought like, why can't you figure it out and do it all? I mean, I love my job, but I also have this amazing job where I'm gone for a month at a time, but then January, February, March, I'm really available to her. So is that better than a traditional nine to five? I mean, there's no perfect scenario for having kids and like, you've got a you've got a toy station in the back. Like you've got a family of your own. Like I got Legos going on right behind me and (laughs) I make it work. Exactly. Like I always wanted to be a mom and I always feared will it be hard when I'm working? And I I just remember like my college football crew, I work with these great guys and they were just so supportive. Like, Hey, are you eating enough? Are you hydrating? Like, are you resting? Like, what do you need? And you just figure it out. And that's been my motto. I mean, she's wonderful. She's a tornado upstairs right now, but like I, you know, you just figure it out and like how cool that she'll be able to watch some of my videos and interviews. And, you know, I guess she's now pointing at me and seeing me on TV and says, mama, like, that's amazing. And that's amazing. Yep. I'm glad that we're, we're, we're figuring it out, but like, I don't want another one anytime soon. People ask (laughs) me, like, can I just be good with one right now? Yeah, we're good. good. We're good for now. Yeah. (laughs) I'm good. Uh, Do you worry about burnout at all? Or is that just not even in your purview? I, I don't think it's not in my DNA. I mean, maybe at some point I, I think world cups are, it was hard to be away, but also like an amazing opportunity. And the the month long trips are a little challenging, but also when she's older, I'll bring her. It just bringing her to Qatar felt too far. She was too young. Yeah. I, I try really hard to be healthy and get rest when I need to. And, you know, take care of my mental health in the ways that matter to me and just doing the right little things that make me happy, which is fitness, meditation, you know, sleep, I mean, truly sleeping, like those things matter to me. And I know when I've reached a point where I need to maybe tone it down, but I probably still won't say no to work. So (laughs) at least you're honest with yourself, right? (laughs) I mean, you're authentic and honest about it. Uh, No, I think that sounds really balanced. I mean, I think that's where people struggle is when they get out of balance. So the fact you're able to do all those little components, I mean, that's why you're not feeling burnt out. You love what you do and you're finding balance. So I think that's really cool. You're super active in supporting women in the sports industry. You've mentioned a couple of times about having people shadow you or or having there with you on game day. What are those messages that you try to get across to young women coming up in the industry that can help to to set them up for success? I love having women shadow me. And I always, I I feel bad. I had a girl reach out to me and I had already given it to someone else at my last Colorado game and I need to email her back. So when I'm at Colorado next, she can shadow me because I... I had that. I mean, I, I used to follow Marnie Gellner around. She's at Fox Sports North. She's still there. She's amazing. She was a sideline reporter when I was with her. And now she's doing a lot of play-by-play. I mean, she's just so talented. I still think she's one of the best because she always was super conversational too with her interviews. And I loved her style, that it never felt like she was too serious about what she was doing. She was having a good time. And I loved that about her. And she always let me shadow her. She was like, bring me a coffee. You can come. And <laughs> I really remember that. Admission. Yeah. Like it was a white chocolate mocha from Caribou Coffee and I would bring That's it. my daughter's go-to drink. They're yeah. really good, right? Yeah. They're pretty tasty. So I, I, like if I could have 10 people on the field, I probably would. I think the most yeah. I've had has been three. And at some point you try to be kind of 
like hidden on the sideline and three people is a little more noticeable, but, and it's guys or girls, it doesn't have to be women, but I just love, I just love providing that view because I learned so much seeing it from that perspective. And it, maybe you're not sitting with me, but maybe you're sitting in a TV truck. I'd like to think many, I hope to think that the good ones have all sat in a truck, but there's some that have not. And like, you have to sit in a TV truck and understand the chaos the oh, yeah. craziness of replays and when you're demanding a replay and it can't come quickly and it gives you a different take. And I think because I was an intern, I saw that and understood the whole teamwork aspect because I'm only good if everyone else around me is as good. And it's such a team. Like I always, I showed a picture recently on social of me in front of the camera, but then there were like 10 people behind. There's a two lighting, there's camera, yeah. there's my producer, there's audio my the runner i mean there's so many people yeah. behind the scenes that make what you're seeing on tv hopefully look put together and i just i think the team aspect is really important but also why growing up and being on teams kind of goes a long way so i just it always does. encourage women to reach out like come up to me the women who come up to me or or men who come up to me who are student students i'm always so yeah. impressed because i remember you know i went up to marnie gellner or i went up to michelle tafoya and you putting yourself out there is half the battle so yeah. I'm always all for it. And I give out my email probably too often. But like, if you're going to put together an email and send me your reel, like I can watch it for five minutes. And I, I, if I miss them, I apologize, but I try to. Um, And that's why I think what Laura is doing is so special with having these seminars for women, because you just got to get your foot in the door. Yeah. It's, it's interesting what you say about going in the truck. Um, my, my first experience when I first got the bug was in college. I think it was going into my junior year, summer internship kind of thing, like you said. And I got to go to, excuse me, a boxing match Mm. at the Philadelphia spectrum, which dates me a little bit since that doesn't (laughs) even exist anymore. Um, but nonetheless, uh, being in the truck and seeing all the excitement and all the layers of the decision-making and seeing it all like be in preview and then come to reality and go to program. And you're just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. There's so much that layers that go into this I wasn't aware of. And that's what got me excited about it. So just experiencing it and being able to experience it side by side with you on a huge Fox broadcast has got to be just an amazing experience for somebody. So it's really cool that you open yourself up for that. Well, I, you know, I, I try to just, it's like, I still haven't figured it out. I want to do something like Laura where it's maybe a zoom and it's just all yeah. these women who can come and be together and, or some kind of meetup. I mean, she does such a good job. Maybe I'll just need to connect with her and try to help her. But yep. I just want, I remember the women that's told me no. And I'm not to say that it, there were just a couple that, you know, didn't have the time. And I, yeah. I still remember that. And I, I'm like, I have five minutes. I might not respond in like the first week, but like, yeah. I, why can't I help? Because I just, I would never want to be that for someone like, oh, Jenny didn't have time to help me. Like, what do you mean? So I do the best I can. It's not perfect. I have a couple emails in my inbox right now that I'm being reminded to get to, but you know, I want to try to help when I can. Jenny, I want to be respectful of your time. This was brilliant. I am so glad we got to dive into this conversation. You are changing the the world and the outlook for a lot of young people trying to get into the industry and to, to look at you and see the blueprint of what you've done and accomplished and know that that's, that's available to them. I think we are expanding the uh, industry so much for women. And uh, I just think it's fabulous what we're able to share and, and congrats on all your success with the, the broadcast and the teams and college football and everything happening this year because the ratings are incredible. So I'm just really thankful we got to have a chance to have this conversation and thank you for joining me. 
Those were such kind words. No, thank you for having me. You're doing it too, right? We're just trying to help help. everyone get into this world. And I think it's, I, I like to remind people it's like, it's the best job in the world. And I'm, I don't lose that. I don't lose that. Like I'm so lucky to do this for a living and I, that's never going to be lost on me. So thank you. And yeah, we'll have to meet up in person in Boston. (laughs) Now that we have to make happen. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Jenny. Thank you so much. There are more than 17,000 active sports jobs on workinsports.com, but you only need one. Our iMatch tool will scan your resume and find the best matches for your skill set and expertise. Check out workinsports.com today to get started. Thank you so much to Jenny for coming on the show. She gave way more time than I thought she'd be able to. I thought we'd be able to get a half an hour in. We talked for over an hour. Not all of it made this final cut because some of it was off the air, but we just like had a great conversation. She's so insightful. She's so smart. She brings so much energy to the camera and a professionalism that I think comes true, an energy and a passion. There's a a lot of craft at work there, which is so inspiring to hear from. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you, Fox Sports and the PR team over there for bringing her on and and allowing her to be a part of the show. I think the knowledge she shared is going to help a lot of people and broaden everybody's perspective. So thank you to everyone. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next week.